again be able to chant Bobby 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 but you know in my head when it comes to following the Bucks I'm chanting Eric 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 not as weep as Bobby no it doesn't have the same ring to it although when he's up on the big screen at the at Pfizer forum eating and then chanting for it is our friend from The Athletic. You learned a lot about him when he was a cousin sub and we played Eric named Trivia. The pride of Maryville University in St. Louis. It is Eric name. Eric, good morning. How are you, buddy? I am well. How are you guys doing? Uh, I, I, I am... I'm not nervous because you have put forth a good explanation for it, but there aren't many cult... Heroes in Wisconsin sports anymore. We've had a few. Some might say that the savvy right tackle out of Auburndale High School and the University of Wisconsin was a cult hero for a period of his career. But whew, people love to chant Bobby. And he is now going to be available on the free agent market, which is now opening. Uh, should Bucks fans be hopeful? Or skeptical that Bobby Portis will continue to be a member of the Milwaukee Bucks? I think they can remain hopeful. Um, I think when you kind of look at everything that's happened with Bobby in the last couple of years, um, obviously he's loved his time in Milwaukee. He's talked about how, you know, he played for some really bad teams and he came here, played for a good team, and uh, as you said, it became a legend in their championship run. And then last year, he decided to take a, a player option uh, that was on the cheap side of things. It was a nice deal for the Bucks that he decided to do it. And when you look at the reasoning behind it, uh, in the NBA, salary cap rules can be very confusing. But essentially, by playing two years for the Bucks, the Bucks now get what are called early bird rights, and that means they can offer him a much larger extension this offseason. But to get to that, he had to sign a two-year deal, and there was a player option in that deal, uh, which, for the most part, everyone assumed he was going to opt out of. Now, because he did that, and the Bucks have his early bird rights, they can offer him four years and $49 million, or roughly $49 million. It all depends where the salary cap officially comes down. Uh, the, the, to me, the only real concern for Bucks fans and uh, whether or not Bobby Portis returns to Milwaukee is if there is a team out there that sees Bobby Portis and thinks he's worth, I mean, four for 49 is what, 12.25 a year? If there's a team out there that thinks he's worth 16, 17, 18, 20 million dollars a year and comes in and makes a really big offer. But I do think it can't be a marginal number. Uh, like it seems incredibly unlikely that a marginal increase in salary would be enough for, for Portis to, to leave Milwaukee because very rarely will I say, you know, a player is going to give a team a hometown discount or whatever it is because. 
any professional athlete's career is very short. You have to get your money when you can. But this is one of the rare situations where Bobby knows how bad it is on the other side. He knows what it's like to play for a bad team. And he knows that that money that you get for playing for that bad team, if it's a $10 million uh, contract with the Knicks for a year, which he's already done, it ain't that fun. Uh, It's not that fun to be on one of those teams. So uh, I do think, you know, there is obviously the possibility that someone saw Bobby Portis start 55 games this year and thought, we can commit to that guy long term. But overwhelmingly in the NBA, we don't see teams want to spend a lot of money on centers. And and that is what Portis is. And I think ultimately you put all that together and you get to a spot where uh, I think it's incredibly likely that Portis comes back uh, with the Bucks. But there is that, that off chance that someone could come in and do something crazy because that's, that's what we've seen in free agency across all sports. All right, so I knew all this coming in because I read you at The Athletic. Now zoom out for everyone from the Bobby Portis piece to more of a 30,000-foot view of where this team is as free agency kicks off and what it needs, what it could do, and whether or not their exit from the playoffs, which we discussed how Chris Middleton's absence fostered that. Uh, whether that prompts any maneuvering that they might not have done had they, say, reached the NBA Finals with ex- essentially the same team. Yeah, I, I think you look back at last year's offseason, the Bucks had six guys on guaranteed contracts uh, as free agency kicked off. Uh, even before you factor in the fact I just said it's pretty likely that Portis comes back, uh, you're looking at contract you're talking about eight guys ready uh that is their their uh draft pick from this year so you already have most of the roster you add in the fact that wesley matthews has said he doesn't want to play for another team he wants to stay in his home state uh his and remain with the milwaukee bucks you add in the fact that the Bucks have said that they want to bring Javon Carter back as well. And all of a sudden you get to a spot where, you know, if you do bring Portis back, you probably have about two roster spots that you need to fill. So there's not a ton of opportunity out there. Essentially what you're looking at is a team that believes in their core, and I think it's fair to believe in that core. When you look at a big three of Giannis, Chris, and Drew, you add in Brooke Lopez, Pat Connaughton, Bobby Portis as guys that you know can perform in a championship run. They've already done it. Uh, I think you put Grayson Allen in a better situation. All of a sudden, he looks a little bit better. Wesley Matthews was solid in the playoffs. You That's the, most of your playoff rotation. Like, is there, you know, the hope that, Bochamp can come in as a rookie and be a part of that, yes. Is there the hope that you can use your limited roster spots and find another guy that might be able to be a part of that? Yes. But I think overwhelmingly, you're looking at an offseason that if it goes well, it's relatively boring. That There isn't a ton of maneuvering. There isn't a ton of new guys on the roster. You're looking at... If Chris Middleton plays, we're in the NBA Finals because we beat the Celtics and we beat the Heat with Chris. And then who knows what happens against the Warriors. But I do think that is the overwhelming feeling. That's not to say they're not making changes. I think you look at their first-round pick of Marjan Bochamp, and you're looking at a guy that's 6'6", 7'0", wingspan, 
I think overwhelmingly the Bucks are trying to get a little bit bigger this offseason. I think they got punked a little bit by the Celtics where they couldn't match up on the wings with the size that the Celtics had. And I don't think they liked it. Uh, I think you look back at the championship run, they were dominating teams with their size when they had P.J. Tucker. And I think that's something that, the Bucks are going to try to get back to this offseason. So if you're looking at, you know, the, the couple roster spots that they have, it's pretty limited from an asset perspective. They have the taxpayer mid-level exception, which is worth about $6.3 million, and they have minimum contracts. That's it. So you're not going to have a high-dollar free agent come in. You're not going to have, you know, a multiple-time all-star come through. Uh, it is going to be more role-player types, but ultimately I think the Bucks are okay with that because they're really happy with the core of this roster and this team and kind of what they've been able to build over the last four seasons with Mike Boonholzer at the helm. So, Eric, look at, looking forward, you just kind of said they're very content, and obviously it's a championship team two years ago. Right there, if Middleton plays, I think most of us feel pretty confident would have gotten past the Celtics. Where, How does this team kind of keep that core but not get stagnant? Because like the NFL, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. You're not staying the same. Do you think this team is getting better by staying the same? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really interesting question um, because you look around the rest of the league and everyone's going to be looking to add. Everyone's going to be looking to get better. Uh, you look at the Boston Celtics, they have uh, a younger team than the Bucks that I think probably hoping, hey, our internal improvement is going to make us an even better team next season while the Bucks are a little bit older and maybe they don't have that same growth uh, outside of a guy like Giannis. So I do think when when you're looking at what they do want to add and what they do want to do. I think it's always about uh, – uh, there's a couple of things. Versatility is a big thing. Can you play different lineups? Can you do different things defensively? The the Bucks have, over the years, loved to play big and loved to play Brooke Lopez. But believe it or not, a seven foot, 280-pound man, not the most fleet of foot. For his size, he is, but overall, he's going to be a little bit slower. So do you have you know a smaller, strong guy that can – come in and switch defensively. Can that guy also hit some shots? Do you have those type of players that that I think can really come in handy when you're just looking for more options in the postseason? So I think that's one way. I think you look at this team, uh, I think they've done a great job putting together a team full of, you know, skilled and very professional players. And, and I think one thing that this team could use, and I think you saw that with the the selection of Bochamp at 24 in the draft, is how do we get younger and more athletic? And I get you have the greatest transition weapon of all time in Giannis. Who's running with him? How, how do we go out there and find more guys to run with him and look more dynamic and look more athletic? So to me, that is how you do it. Those guys, those type of player archetypes, pretty expensive, pretty coveted around the the whole league. So you do have to get creative and, and, you know, try to find different ways to do it. But I do think, you know, you have to worry about just saying, run it back, we're good. Because everyone is going to get better. The league is going to continue to change. The league is going to continue to evolve. And you have to keep up with that. 
So I think the big thing is how do we get more versatile? How do we have different options uh, going forward? And, again, there's not a ton of room on that roster to, to make some changes, but I do think if you do have those couple of spots, those are the things that you have to target to make sure that you're ready for, for what could be another championship run. Yeah, Eric, what you said that $6.3 million exemption. Do you have anybody that you, you think the Bucks should be targeting with that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple interesting guys as far as if you're going to get an impact player that's young, that's athletic, that's kind of the things that I mentioned, you're probably looking at guys that are going to be returning off injury. So you look at a guy like Victor Oladipo. He was all defense, all NBA a few years back, and then went through a series of injuries, uh, played for the Heat this year, now an unrestricted free agent. Can you convince a guy like that that, hey, come to Milwaukee for a year, win a championship at $6.3 million, maybe there's bigger offers out there for you, but nothing is going to rehabilitate your career, like making a big run with a great team. Uh, You can say the same thing for a guy like T.J. Warren. Uh, I think on a lower end for cheaper guys that are even older, I mean, a guy like Ricky Rubio, a guy like Joe Ingles, like guys that are are coming back from injury. Essentially, if you're the Bucks, you have to look in the distressed cat, like the distressed asset category. That's just how it's going to be if you're going to try to find a different maker, a difference maker. So uh, I think there's some guys there. If you're looking on the younger end of things, maybe not athletic, but helping in a versatile way, Otto Porter Jr. is a really interesting guy. He started three games in the NBA Finals for the Warriors. They have a huge luxury tax bill. They might not be able to afford them. Would he want to try to, you know, get another ring in Milwaukee after getting a ring in Golden State this past year? And maybe he's got to take a little bit of a deal on it, but would he be willing to do that? Um, I think there's, there's plays like that. I think there's – if you're looking for a big man, uh, to me the focus should be on the wing. But if you're looking for a big man because you're concerned about Brooke Lopez and his injury, Isaiah Hartshine for the Clippers is a 24-year-old center coming off a great second half of the season that I think could be good in the Brooke Lopez training program. Uh, let's say like maybe there's not a ton of opportunity for him this upcoming year, but going forward maybe he can be a difference maker because he is young. Uh, Bud always likes having – young athletic point guards around to really defend. We saw that in Javon Carter this year. There's a guy, Delon Wright, who's kind of bounced around the league, still 29 uh, or 30 years old. And maybe someone like that can, can infuse some of that athleticism, can infuse some of that, uh, you know, versatility and really getting after guys. So I, I, don't want to paint too bleak of a picture because I do think there are real opportunities for the Bucks out there. I do think there's, you know, players out there that, that they can go and get, but it is probably going to require some sacrifice from those free agents to maybe not get the, the highest dollar amount. Maybe it is accepting a one-year deal to go play for a champ and, you know, kind of go the Bobby Portis route where – Bobby Portis had a lot of questions about what he was in the league, how valuable he could be. He was a younger guy, 25, when he signed with the Bucks, And now all of a sudden he's going to have, you know, a whole bunch of digits on his next contract. Like he's going to make a whole bunch of money this summer. And that can be a pathway for, for a lot of guys is coming to a successful organization and contributing to winning. So uh, again, 
it's going to take some help from that player. Uh, but I do think, you know, there are some opportunities out there for the Bucks to get better and to find guys that can actually make a difference next season. All right, Eric, two quick things before we let you go. One, you mentioned Brooke Lopez a bunch. Our mutual friend Ben Brust advanced an idea of trading Brooke Lopez. Do you see scenarios where either Brooke Lopez or Grayson Allen, who I don't know how they viewed what they got from him this season, get moved during this offseason? Brooke Lopez I see a little bit more unlikely. I think one thing that we learned this season, um, and not that we didn't already know this, but I think there was the thought that Mike Boonholzer is the one that really prefers to play big, that prefers to have a center on the floor all the time. And I think what we learned is that Giannis Dedekumbo really likes it too. He enjoys not needing to cover the other team's opposing, like the, the opposing center. He enjoys not needing to box three people out and be the one to grab the rebound. He enjoys it when Brooke Lopez is out there eating up bodies offensively and defensively, and everything gets a lot easier for Giannis. So uh, I think if you do want to trade Brooke Lopez, I understand why he is aging. He is in the final year of his deal. Uh, he does in some ways commit you to a certain style of basketball uh, on the defensive end. I get all of that, but I do think you have to keep in mind what Giannis wants and, and what you need to do to protect Giannis's health and his legs, his stamina, all of that going forward. So I, I do think a, a Lopez trade is pretty unlikely. Uh, I just think that they are committed to protecting Giannis in those ways and then also playing a certain style of basketball. As far as Grayson Allen goes, I do think if you're looking at the spots where the Bucks can actually move something, uh, you know, his contract will be up over $9 million, uh this upcoming season. George Hill's deal is $4 million. Uh, if you're looking for ways to get to talented players who maybe had a down season or something like that, you're typically going to typically going to have to get in that 10 to 15 million dollar range at the low at the absolute lowest and maybe even higher than that but the only way for them to really get into that 15 million dollar range is with a guy like george hill and a guy like grayson allen combined together and i think if you're thinking about trade that's kind of the spot and that's not to say grayson allen hasn't been good he had the best season of his career uh with the bucks before he got put into an outsized role uh, against the Celtics. He, he's supposed to be the third option offensively, and that's just, just not something he's qualified to, to do, especially against the league's best defense. And, and he looked bad. And a lot of Bucks fans are like, all right, this dude isn't going to help us in the playoffs ever. Let's get rid of him. I think that's a bit harsh. Uh, I, I think when he's in the role that he should be, he's going to look a lot better going forward. But I certainly think if you're, if you're talking about the guys that could be traded coming up here, as the Bucks get into free agency and try to make moves or, or even open up a roster spot, a two-for-one deal helps them open up a roster spot when they don't have a ton of those. Uh, so, you know, combining Hill and Allen and putting them together kind of gives them the, that opportunity. So uh, Lopez I don't see being incredibly likely, but I do think, you know, there is at least a chance that Grayson Allen could get traded here in the next week or so. All right, last thing. Uh, a little disappointed. Rise was outstanding. Sydney and I really enjoyed it. A little disappointing that it didn't cover the window of Giannis's career while you were covering him. Were you a little upset that nobody well, played you in the movie? I, I mean, I just think there's the opportunity for, I don't know if it's a, if it's a sequel. I don't know if it's a, a totally different cinematic universe. Uh, 
Um, but whatever it is, I do think, you know, there's a chance when this isn't going to just be a Disney plus movie. This is going to be like a Hollywood blockbuster and, and you're going to have the full premiere and the full release and, and really put millions and millions of dollars behind it. I think I'd rather be portrayed in that movie and, you know, have the chance of a real star having to deal with that of playing me. Um, to me, that seems more appealing than, than this first one. So I'm not offended by it. I am looking forward to the future, though, and who may play me in a future Giannis movie, whatever, whenever that second one ends up coming out. Yeah, most likely Christian Bale or Ryan Reynolds. Thanks, Eric. We always appreciate your insights, buddy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Rise again. Rise and shine. Rise and grind. He has risen. He has risen indeed. We'll play Won't Nelly next. It's Wilde and Tausch. You're listening to Wilde and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Missed any of the show? Find us on Wisconsin On Demand wherever you get your podcasts. It's free. It's everywhere. And it's for you.